Parsha Themes is for inspired people like you who are looking for engaging and relevant Parsha and Moedim thoughts. Our weekly discussions focus on uplifting thoughts and actionable ideas that will upgrade your Avodah Hashem and enhance your Shabbos and Yantav table. I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Tropper, and it's an honor to have you with me here today. Hello and welcome to Parsha Themes. We're going to talk about Parsha's Bahar and Bechukosai. A couple of thoughts based on the Holy Ramban. Such beautiful ideas. So we're going to start off with Parak Chafei, and this is my Bar Mitzvah Parsha. Pasuk Lamed Vav. And the Pasuk there talks about not taking Neshech Visarbis, which is interest. You're not allowed to lend a Jewish person with interest. And uh, so the... Rashi brings down that Neshech and Tarbis are just two expressions. They're the same thing. It just means you're not allowed to take interest. However, says the Ramban, I would like to explain that they are two different things. What is that? So he says, Neshech, what does that mean? That's when you lend someone a, let's say, $100 in our case, and, and the condition stated by the lender is that you will pay me a percentage every year. And so the reason that it's called neshech, and sometimes it's a high percentage as well, usually is, is because eventually this will cause a big bite, just like a snake that bites you. And um, this is one practice that the Torah does not want because it takes advantage of exploit someone's need for money uh, at the time. And there's a mitzvah to lend money to someone if you're able to, and certainly not to take advantage of him where he's paying you uh, rates back, which are going to be eating into his profit and his ability to get back on his feet. That's Neshech, because it has a very big biting part. And Tarbis is that same idea of interest, but it, the, the terms of that condition, which are illegal, are that you tell him, listen, you could borrow this for a year. And then, at that time, at the end of the year, it won't be indefinite, just then you'll pay me that one percentage. And um, so it's not as bad as Neshech. It doesn't bite him and destroy him. Um, however, uh, it is something that causes pain and damage to this man who is in a vulnerable position. And again, the Torah is teaching us that we should not take advantage of vulnerable people. Um, yes, there's an element that there's a chok because you're allowed to sell products. And so there's there are halachas of ona about not overcharging. But technically, one could say logically that, hey, what's wrong with Ribas? You know, he needs some money and I'm, uh, you know, helping him out. Well, the Torah tells us that a person is not allowed to do it, and uh, Chazal tell us that a person would, uh, who lends with ribis and doesn't repent might be Ein Lochelikolom Haba. So we have to be very, very careful with this mitzvah. There's an element of it that's a chok. And of course, if someone's business involves lending with ribis, he should ask a shayla about heter iska, how there is such a thing as building a business with someone else in a way that uh, you're not necessarily lending him the money, but you're going into a joint venture with him in order to invest um, and there's a lot of parameters which we're not going to get into. But the ideas for here are the hashkafa of it, that we don't want to be taking bites into other people. Moving on to Parshas Bukhakosai. So we know that there's brachos and kolos that are found there. And the Ramban in Parat Chavav, Pasuk Ches, talks about his, uh, Pasuk Yud Aleph, I'm sorry. Nasati Mishkani Besochem, Hashem is going to dwell with us. And the Ramban says that the brachos are nisim. But they're nisim nistarim. All the blessings that come to a person who keeps the Torah, but the Torah promises... Shem promises great things. They're nisim nistarim, because the entire Torah is filled with nisim nistarim. That's general. However, these brachos over here, they refer, these great brachos over here, they refer to a specific time period that the entire nation is fulfilling the Ratzon Hashem. And when that happens, Amech Kulam Sadikim, the Ramban says, then Hashem will uh, 
take care of us in amazing ways. Uh, another thought, which is probably one of the most famous and also controversial thoughts, and uh, perhaps not as we explain it, but is later on the Ramban talks about going to a doctor. And the Ramban makes a very famous statement about this. But first I want to tell you what my Rebbe, or Rosh Zali Rubenstein, has explained to us so many times about this Ramban. He says, there is no guttle alive today or any in any generation who would tell you to follow this Ramban, and it's usher to follow this Ramban at face value. Because throughout the generations, people have always gone to doctors and gotten medical attention, whether it was Rav Scheinberg, that's all, or uh, Rebbe Yashiv, that's all, or Rav Shach, or uh, Rav Steinman. Every single Gadol who had medical issues would advise people, and they themselves would go to doctors. However, the, now we can quote the Ramban. The Ramban seems to say that when everyone's following the Torah and you're living a proper life, Hashem. Hashem says, I'm going to take care of you. And so, how could the Osei Ratzon Hashem ever call a doctor to his house? So, Rav Desser has an entire explanation of this, and so does Rav Matasiyah Salman in his Sefer on Sharbi Tachon of the Chavos where basically they explain that, uh, yes, there is an ideal. The ideal situation is that someone who's a totally sincere, dedicated Obed Hashem is taken care of by the Rebun Hashem. However, there is no practical application of this because how could a person say that he is a Osei Ritzon Hashem and that's all he does? He's 100% L'Shem Shemayim um, because this is not any any level that we're on. And, um, of course, the Torah itself says, that the Torah and the Ramban himself explains that that's because the Torah doesn't rely on miracles and the Torah doesn't depend on miracles. So the Ramban himself is explaining that this is not fully true. And the Ramban himself was a doctor, in fact, as we know from letters between him and Rabbeinu Yonah, etc. So uh, this certainly, now again, Ramosha Feinstein in his tshuva uh, about uh, college and education ex- does explain that many of the Rishonim were doctors because back then medical knowledge didn't require medical school, but rather it required just learning the philosophical books about self-care. And uh, it just came with the territory. We know that the Rishonim were great philosophers as well. And the books of philosophy talked about science and medicine and was all part of it. Very holistic approaches back then. It's funny how we've finally come around to these ideas even now. So bottom line is that Erdessler explains that there's a certain ideal of believing in the Rebbe Shalom, but there is no place for it in the practical level because Rappi, a person must go to a doctor. However, in situations, or Dessler explains, and, and Rabasha used to tell us this as well, the Rahman al-Islam, the doctors, have been consulted, and, and they all agree that it's hopeless, and there's nothing else that can be done, then in that case, of course, a person should turn his fully talking to Hashem. A person should turn his fully talking to Hashem throughout the entire process, but at that time, he should be mischazing himself even more, and um, turn to Hashem and say, Rabban Shalom, you are the doctor, and I beg you to help me. Moving on to Parak Chavav, Pasuk Tes Zion, we have the uh, brachos and the kalos. It's a machogus rishonim, uh, exactly what brachos and kalos are being discussed. So the Ramban explains that the first kalos here in our parsha are referring to the galos harishon. And that refers to, I'm going to explain when, when he says that, that Barbanel doesn't like this, but basically it refers to um, bias rishon, and then the geula from it. But the bris in Mishnah Torah, the final redemption in Mishnah Torah, is the geula that we will have at the end of our at the end of time, that after the after the gullus ends. There's a lot of mafarshim that have questions about exactly what the Ramban is saying and what's bias rishon and what's bias sheni. 
Finally, the last thing is in Parak Chavzai and Pasuk Chavtes, a very fascinating thing about Yiftach's daughter. So the Ramban explains that the Pasuk tells us that it's a fascinating Pasuk that's hard to translate. It says, Kol cherem, asher yacharam min adam. It seems to be any cherem that is placed on a man. Lo yipadeh, should not be redeemed. Most you must. He should surely die. What does this mean? So Rashi explains, and the Ramban quotes this, that from the Torah's Kohanim, if someone is being put to death and... Ruben is being put to death, and Shimon declares, I will give his erech, which is what the Parsha is talking about at the end of the Chukosai, I will give his value, monetary value, to the base of Megdash. He pays nothing. Lo yacharam means that you don't have to pay anything. And the Pasuk explains why. Because most, you must, this man is being put to death, so he has no financial value at that point. That's that's Rashi and Chazal. However, um, the truth is that it's really Machogas and Chazal, in the Gemara and Erech and Avav, that the Ramban brings down that he says that um, other people learn this Pasuk as saying that if someone's high of Misa to Bezdin, um, you are not allowed to let them pay you off in order to get off the hook. Okay? And um, that's what it means, that you should not give him Rachamim. However, the uh, Ramban explains another idea as well. Ramban explains that by the people of Anche Yavesh Begilad, that story, they were over on a shvua in Shoftim Chafalaf, that it says they were they the nation asked them to send people to Mitzvah to come fight, and they did not come, and therefore they killed out the city. So it doesn't make sense that the entire nation would kill out the city. How, how do they have a right to do that? And Pinchas was one of the leaders as well. The answer is that it's a shvua that was made, and the. The people, the Jewish nation felt very strongly that everyone needs to come fight and send fighters. And Yavish Begilad, the people that lived there, they, they did not follow the Shvua. And they were threatened that if you don't come, there's a harem, there's a uh, pronouncement that was put out that the, that whoever doesn't come fight is going to be killed. And therefore, they were Chayav Misa. And that's where this din comes from, says Ramban, from this Pasuk, that every king or Sanhedrin could make up a rule and put a harem, that's, which is exactly what happened to Yehonasan, uh, David's best friend and, and Shaul's own son, that his father said that whoever eats will be killed. And so there's the king has a right to put a harem and actually give death. That's what he says. However, an individual does not. And he says that's the mistake that uh, that Yiftach made. Yiftach was, when Yiftach swore that, that he would give, donate to Hashem, the first thing that came out of his house, and he had a mind of carbon. So Hazal say, but he shouldn't have said what he said, because let's say a pig would have came out, or a different tummy animal. And so therefore Hashem made his daughter come out. And this was a very, very big problem. And really, he made a huge mistake, because even Hazal tells us in Bresha's Rabbah, Samach Gimel, that even, he didn't even owe money for her. But yet, um, he thought that there was some type of carbon that he had to bring out of her. And he and says to Ramban, do not be seduced by the stupidity the pshat that the Evan Ezra writes, which, by the way, we don't know where this Rav Avram is, so I shouldn't say it's Evan Ezra. It might not have actually been the Evan Ezra, but some Mefarish that was Rav Avram that wrote in Shoftim that Va'alisiv Ola, that when 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 uh, Yiftach promised I would bring it as an Ola, that it means um, that, that he actually thought that he was going to bring his daughter as an Ola, and that he, because... She came out. He didn't kill her, but he just secluded her in a room, and she kind of stayed by herself. He says it doesn't make any sense, because even uh, Shmuel, Hanavi, whose mother promised him to Hashem, that just meant that he was going to go serve in the base of Megdash. 
Therefore, says the Ramban, it is absolutely not uh, possible to explain, according to this Mefarish, that she actually was um, locked up and put in a room because that is not appropriate. But rather, says the Ramban, the shot in those Pesukim is that her father inappropriately uh, slaughtered her and put her to death, thinking that that is what he had to do. And uh, this was a very, very big tragedy and a very, uh, very big mistake because that certainly is not the power that one has. It is true that the king has a power to make a harem. And in fact, the Ramban concludes by explaining that what actually happened by Yehonasan is that he was not aware of his father's harem. And normally the Pusik says that you can't take Kofar to forgive someone's harem if the king decreed appropriately that anyone that didn't follow would be put to death. However, in that case, since, as Absukim explained in that story, uh, Yonasan was actually the one that caused the victory over the Plishtim, and the Jews reasoned that he did not hear about his father's harem, and if he uh, did eat on purpose, then he probably wouldn't have had the merit to save the Jewish people. So in that case, he was uh, let off, only because he didn't know about the harem. And the Ramban says, the Pasuk even says that they redeemed him, the Jews redeemed him, as a hint to this Pasuk. Uh, not because this, this Pasuk doesn't allow us to redeem, but in that case, he was redeemable because he did not purposely transgress. The last thing is that um, <clears throat> there are sources that say that, once again, the Ramban was arguing with Eben Ezra. And I know a lot of people have heard that shot that perhaps it meant that he put her in a room. And just to explain a little bit, um, that shot is not found in Eben Ezra on Tanakh. However, it is found in the Radak, who quotes his father. The Radak was Rav David Kimchi, and he quotes his father, Rav Yosef Kimchi, that does say that pshat, that he put her in a room. And uh, the Eben Ezra himself writes in Sefer Ibor that uh, the daughter of Yiftach was not slaughtered, and he says that I explained that elsewhere. But again, we don't know where that is. So it certainly uh, is most likely that it was the Eben Ezra and other Rishonim that do translate that, um, those psukim that way. However, the Ramban uh, doesn't like that. And again, this is just where you see how that Chazal tell us that sometimes you'll find a sugi that discusses things in one place and you won't find it in that actual place itself. And the more you learn Ramban, the more you see how he ties in things throughout Tanakh and Shas and Poskim. It's just really, really fascinating. So either way, this is Machogus uh, Rishonim between Rashi and Ramban how to read this Pasuk about not taking Kofar, whether it's referring to an Erech or whether it's uh, referring, according to Rashi, or whether, according to Ramban, it's actually referring to a king's power to sometimes execute people that don't follow. Um, this concludes Sefer Vayikra. For all of you who have been with me since the beginning, thank you so much for your feedback and comments, questions. It's amazing to have everybody with me. And uh, I look forward, Rabbi Hashem, to Sefer Bar. Thanks for joining us. For more Torah content and to make sure you never miss an episode, don't forget to subscribe and visit us at ParshaThemes.com.